Welcome to Riff Ram Review, your TCU sports talk home right here on 88.7 KTCU. Here are your hosts, Seth Dowdle, Ian Nepetian, and Zion Trammell. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Riff Ram Review. It's our first episode here in 2024, and we're live from the KTCU studios right here on 88.7 FM, the choice, your choice for college radio. My name is Ian Nepetian, and tonight I'm joined alongside Zion Trammell and Seth Dowdle. We're back again, new new day, but same time from 6 to 8 p.m. just on Mondays now. But boys, how are you guys doing? Welcome back. Doing well. I am so happy to be back. It's uh, it feels like it's been a while, and you know we have so much to talk about. And uh, you know it's it's a new year, um, new new semester for, you know, for you guys. And uh, it's it's really good to be back. I'm I'm happy. Yeah. We we haven't been in here in a, over a month. Yes. It is a lot has happened, a lot has transpired, uh, both in our individual lives and in. Uh, the sports world, but the sports world can take a back seat because we have an announcement to make. Zion Trammell is here, but he is no longer a student at TCU. No, he was not expelled, everybody. <laughs> he has uh, earned... Is there valedictorian in a college? I don't know. Is it called that? Probably I don't know, college. but I wasn't, I wasn't he, that. Well, he was not that, <laughs> but he was at the graduation ceremony for the Bob Schieffer College of Communication. Yes. And he has, uh, I don't know, he just showed up. We, we didn't ask him to come again. Uh, he just kind of showed up again, and he sat in that seat, and, you know, here he is. Yeah. And we're very excited that yeah. he's still with us because he was the best student that this uh, the, that the Mowdy South building has ever seen. Yes. Wow. That, that, wow. Thank you, Seth. Incredible honors. Yeah, that, that's, that's a lot, you know, even... That that's a lot of high praise, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, <clears throat> I'm still going to be in the in the DFW area, um, you know, just freelancing it right now. So um, yeah, I definitely wanted to come back, and you know, even though I'm no longer a student, I'm still very happy to be involved with this, and yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, no, it's it's great to be back. You know, I mean, what our our, our winter break was four and a half. Four, four weeks about, but we've we haven't had a show for almost five weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it's it's great to be back. A lot has happened, just like Seth said, and um, yeah, I mean we we can get straight back into it. I mean men's basketball got into conference play, if I'm not mistaken, on like right January right at the second. Yeah, yeah, January second. Um, and TC men's basketball opened it up with a very good-looking result um they, they did lose to number two kansas um that's over there in lawrence kansas but they turned it around got two big wins um beating number nine oklahoma and number two houston both of those were at home so those were awesome uh awesome wins at home for tcu but now they've lost back-to-back games one to cincinnati in overtime which we all feel you know i mean there's 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 things that we feel that the team could have done better to kind of close that game out uh, but then they came home lost their first uh, conference home game um to number 24 iowa state this past saturday um a lot going on in basketball both men's and women's for tcu but i I guess we'll start here what have you guys kind of made of this season so far we're five games into conference play zion i i I guess we can start with you yeah it's sort of been an up and down start for tcu very encouraged with the way they played against kansas they just had a controversial call go against them and that kind of made the difference then they come back and yeah like you said they pick up massive wins against Oklahoma and Houston. Um, but yeah, this last week was it was a bit frustrating because there was a lot of 
hot and cold streaks throughout both games uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, I think they made f- like 10 of their first 12 shots and uh, they were really in a rhythm. Uh, then they went, you know, several instances where they weren't able to get a bucket. And I think they didn't score like the last five minutes yeah. um, of that second half. And then you lose in overtime. And then Iowa State, I mean, they never really got it going at any point. I mean, there was only a couple times where they made it close. Um, yeah, it's it's just a, a little bit of a lack of consistency that I've noticed so far. And you just kind of hope that that can change a little bit but they have to be better in the half court offense I think they've relied a little too heavily to score in transition and teams have figured that out pretty quickly and opportunities aren't um, as prevalent in transition where they're so successful it kind of felt like uh, during the first half of that Iowa State game that only Iowa State was playing basketball at least offensively because TCU never had the opportunity to go in uh, and run their half-court offense mostly because they decided that once they got across half-court that they were just going to hand the ball over to Iowa State and, and tell them that they can go and, and do their thing, which was very frustrating to watch. What was it, like eight turnovers? Eight turnovers in the first, in the first five minutes of yeah. play. Not mm-hmm. not good. Not yep. good stuff, especially against a team like Iowa State, yep. which has a very good defense, yep. leads the conference in, in turnovers forced per game. Yep. So Showed that on, on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, showed that a lot. <laughs> So you're just playing right into their hands. You're playing their style of basketball, and therefore they're going to be more comfortable. And it was very evident that TCU was not comfortable uh, at all. And that's kind of just been a thing with TCU teams the past three years, four Mm -hmm. years. Half-court offense just doesn't seem to come easy. And that's a problem. Like, as you all said, they like to get out fast, and it's great. They usually – they led the the, – NCAA and fast break points last yeah. year, and I'm pretty sure they're leading it still yeah. this year, uh, which is great. But you can only do that so often, and you can only do that if 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 you're allowed the opportunity to. And as you said, Zion, uh, teams are adjusting to that. So it'll be interesting to see how they pivot. Uh, Oklahoma State next, yeah. and Oklahoma State is um, the baby boy of the Big Twelve Conference. The rest of the conference, I feel like, is a bunch of macho men yeah. punching each other, and then meanwhile, Oklahoma State is. Uh, in the, corner, down in, in, in the corner with a bib and a, in a, in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, but if there's anything I know about sports, yep. this is an excellent opportunity to be disappointed again. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. That's tomorrow night. Um, and then from there, just more just bangers and bangers of games. Yep. Baylor coming up this weekend. Uh, it, it'll be definitely interesting to see how they, atta- how they attack it. But, again, I think the overall theme is take care of the ball, and just be more efficient offensively. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to more of the TCU and, and kind of Big 12 stuff later on in the show. But yeah, going back to this last game against Iowa State, with eight turnovers in the first five minutes, 23 turnovers in the first half total, I mean, there's there's no excuse for why TCU played the way they did. I, I think in, in, in the in the postgame presser, Jamie Jamie Dixon basically said, look, Iowa State didn't throw anything at us that we didn't prepare for. And so, yeah, it can probably be a bit concerning, and most likely TCU just wasn't on their day. It was the day that all of the players just didn't really show up. But it's frustrating because, you know, you you see some of these really good performances that they put together, again, beating number 9 Oklahoma, beating number 2 Houston, both at home, both top 10 upsets. Um it's frustrating then to see the two back-to-back losses to Cincinnati and, and Iowa State. And, you know, part of part of me, I, I guess, as a fan, as, as, as a viewer of TCU basketball, 
I'm kind of thinking, you know, this is kind of just how the Big 12 is. It's very competitive. Any day, any team can win on any day. But then at the same time, TCU didn't look anything like themselves on Saturday against Iowa State. It was just such a uncharacteristic performance from them. Yeah, they had uh, another interesting stat. One shot attempt in the first five minutes. <laughs> one shot, and it was a Jameer Nelson like fadeaway. Yeah. And, they, and he did make it. He did yep. make it, yeah. Yep. He came in for Avery Anderson like two minutes yeah. into the game. I thought that was... Really there were a lot of quick substitutions mm-hmm. in and out throughout the, that, that entire game. Yeah, because I think Jamie's like, okay, this is not working. You know, we got to make something, you know, we got to let someone else run the offense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, I really found it hard to believe what I was seeing against Iowa State. You know, you look at it and, yeah, they lost by one point, but it's really was not a one point game at all. The only reason it was is because Tennyson made a. I hit three at the end and, you know, brought it to one. Which yeah. was surprising to me as a as a viewer who decided that this was no longer a game I should be interested yeah. in. Uh, whenever I saw that it was a one-point game, I was like, oh, well, that, you know, good to fight back. But, you know, upon further review, yeah. uh, it seems that that was a bit of a faulty conception that yeah. I made uh, while at the mall. But... Uh, there is something to be said that the second half was significantly better. Uh, the turnovers were significantly less. Yeah. Like they, they did not turn it over as much, which is great. I'd, it's very hard to turn it over as many times as they did in the first, <laughs> first half. half yeah. um, some teams, I don't know if TCU knows this, but some teams don't turn it over eight times in 40 minutes, let alone the first five minutes. That's yeah. just, a, just, just a note that some, some teams might want uh, to take going into games uh, over the rest of the season. But yeah, I feel like there's something to note of that. Do y'all think um, we should be concerned at all or anything like that? Because I don't think that there's anything from the last two games that make me feel less confident. I'm certainly less confident than I was after the Houston game, but I'm not like, I feel like I'm right back to the same confidence I was once conference play started. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say there's any more concern right now. I think it's just more the fact that and again, I'm, I'm going to be reiterating something that everyone knows, but it's just that you got to go into every single game like you're playing the best team in the nation, like you're playing the best team in the Big 12. Because again, you can any of these teams can beat up on one another on any given day. And it's not that TCU went into the past two games thinking that they were going to win and thinking that they were the superior team in the matchup. But it, it it's it's just one of those things that I think it just comes down to the mindset of going into each of these games as, look, this is going to be a battle. It doesn't matter what what name is on their jersey, the names on their backs, who's on the roster. It's wherever we go, and even if it's at home, the teams are going to bring it to us. And it's I, I, I just think it's a mindset thing. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, there, there's definitely... You don't expect TC to replicate that, obviously, moving forward. One thing I did like from this last game was the free throw shooting was much better. Ernest Uday went 8 of 10. He started off 8 of 8. I mean, I was like, whoa. I mean, he just he seemed more comfortable at the line. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, Honestly, baby. like, Ernest That's was... That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all Ernest about. Ernest was... <laughs> 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 that was longer than I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, Ernest just looked very comfortable. I mean, he... You know, is had a little more arc on that free throw. I think we're it's, looking for arc. We don't want. To, we're not looking for laser beams. Yeah, yeah. We, and uh, I think yeah, we went twenty of twenty six from the free throw line, which that was sort of a problem against Cincinnati. Yeah. And they seem to be on the right track. That that's something you uh, everyone knows how critical free throws are. They're free. Um, 
Yeah. They're free. Um, and I've really liked what I've seen from Travion Tennyson. It just feels like it doesn't he doesn't need any space. Like you just you give him a tiny bit and he's gonna knock it down. And TCU hasn't really had that. That was kind of a problem last year was the inconsistent three point shooting. Tennyson can bring that, Jacoby Coles can bring that. Um, you know, and it's it's nice that we kind of have a little more spacing and, and you can rely on the three-point shot a little bit. It's definitely good to have a three-point shooter that, and this is no knock at my boy, Francisco Farabello, but <laughs> I feel like he was a liability at times on the other end of the on floor. On defense, yeah. Yeah, and, defensively, and totally. So, like, when he's in the game, it's like, maybe, like, Maybe he'll get open. Who knows? But like, I feel like Tennyson is a lot more athletic and can do a lot more things than, than Farrell could. Yeah, they, Dixon said that he is probably their best guard defender, Tennyson, and he wasn't when they when he came to TCU, and he's gotten a lot better. Uh, so that's another plus as well as his uh, defensive abilities. Yeah, you, you know, with with this game, and I, and I mean, I'm I'm trying to think about trends here of like what what we've seen from TCU over the last couple of games and. I guess with this game at, at Iowa State that I hope that they can turn around against Oklahoma State is penetrating into the paint, driving to the basket. Uh, obviously, it was really hard against Iowa State, who have a tremendous defense. But it's one thing that I want to see more of because I feel like our play gets very one-dimensional when we're just working around the perimeter. And I feel that we really struggle to make adjustments in the middle of the game to then figure out how we're going to— how 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 we're going to try to penetrate or work around those types of things. Also, rebounding was a bit of an issue against Iowa State and in past games, too. TCU's been out-rebounded a little more than I would have liked to see. Um, so a couple things that I want to see them, you know, fix, patch up a little bit. But, again, I mean, going into this game against Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State's 8-10 and 10 on the season. They're 0-5 in the Big 12. They're, they're last in the Big 12 standings it's a golden opportunity for them to, to kind of flip the script and just go in there, get a good win, hopefully, and uh, just, just regain some confidence. It's crazy how wacky the Big 12 is because if you just went based on like tiebreakers and standings, this is the 13th and 14th teams in the Big 12 going against each other. TCU is 2-3, and three, but based on I, – I, it might be just alphabetical order, but um, they're 13th in the standings right now. But – this and we're going to talk about this later, but uh, I just want to hint at it. Yeah, this conference uh, is the best in the nation, but there's also a chance that they just kind of beat up on one another. And we're going to see Oklahoma State. As I said, they've been the little baby baby boys mm-hmm. in the corner, but will they get revenge? This is also the Avery Anderson revenge game. Yeah, yeah, he's coming right. back. He transferred from Oklahoma State. We'll see. Uh, I don't believe in revenge games. But I'll believe in this one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they came close to beating Kansas State. Uh, they lost seventy to sixty-six. So it might be a situation where they just they are very hungry to get that first conference win. Uh, you just don't want to let you know the home crowd feed into that a little bit, and you can't get behind too quickly. Um, so yeah, that the, the thing is is TCU definitely needs to get a win here. There's just no gimmies in the Big 12, so this is one that is as close to you know as a gimme as you can get. Uh, they've played some really uh, elite guard play the last couple games defensively. The uh, Keyshawn Gilbert and uh, the Cincinnati guard, I can't remember his name, New- John Newman. Uh, they had they were very good uh, defensive guards, and um, you know so 
that kind of played a problem, as you mentioned, Ian, on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would like to see some sets where you can get into the paint um, and finishing because they get a lot of offensive rebounds and then just can't capitalize. So, um, yeah, I would like to see them touch the paint a little bit more because that frees up uh, perimeter shots and can get tennis and open. So, um, yeah, that's a good opportunity. Uh, and, and then you have Baylor, which will be a, an exciting game. But, yeah, hopefully TCU can get back on track. If you can split, you know, go 1-1 one one each week or 2-0, and oh, going 0-2 oh is really just – it's not good. Yeah. You can't do that. You're on track for the 9-9 nine and nine, uh, yeah. season that we've been accustomed to. By the way, Keyshawn Gilbert, hot weapon. Hot yes. weapon for Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. A- a- again, with TCU, the biggest thing going forward, no matter who it's against, it's really just controlling what they can control. It's controlling the turnovers. It's it's making sure that you're efficient when you get those free throw opportunities. Like we saw, they went 20 for 26. Great great to see Ernest Uday go 8 for 10. I want to I want to see that continue. It doesn't, you know, this last game, that it's great that he went 8 for 10. He needs to continue to do that because it was incredibly poor previous games leading up to Iowa State. You know, but I think the biggest thing that this team can do is just control what they have control of. You know, don't worry about playing to the crowd. Don't worry about things that you can't deal with. As long as you work on your own ball security, you make the shots that you should be making, you get rebounds, you box out, this team can really hit their stride and um, hopefully make a good run in in kind of the the middle to latter portion of this Big 12 uh, men's basketball season. But that does it for TCU men's basketball. It's 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 been great watching them. I mean, again, they're they're two and three in the Big Twelve, but there's still a lot of time left. Um, curious to see what this team does going forward. And they've got their next game tomorrow night, Tuesday at eight p.m. Central Time against Oklahoma State Cowboys. Cowboys are eight and ten, zero and five in the Big Twelve. So TCU looking to get um, their third Big Twelve victory. Um, of the season but up next we've got some talk about TCU women's basketball whose season unfortunately has been derailed due to injuries but we'll be right back here in just a couple of minutes you're listening to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice your choice for college radio you're not wired to have a response to this sound you're neutral to it and you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything but when we introduce a new stimulus save the food We've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food. Why are we doing this, you may ask? Save the food. Because this ad is trying to change the world's behaviour through brainwashing. Because 40% of all food in the US never gets eaten. Save the food. And that costs a family of four $1,500 a year. Save the food. Cha-ching. It's worsening climate change through the release of methane gas. Save the food. Cha-ching. And it's wasting precious natural resources like our fresh water. Save the food. Cha-ching. So when you hear this sound, don't be neutral. Rethink your behavior. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. Yo! Big Shaq, the one and only. Man's not hot. Never hot. Welcome back to episode 16 of Riff Ram Review, right here on 88.7 The Choice. 
I'm Zion Trammell here with Seth Dowdle and Ian Nepetian. Seth, that was um, a choice for uh, for the bumper. I like it. Big though. shock. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, you warned me in advance that you're going to play something new. I was not <laughs> expecting that. I love that, Seth. That was awesome, dude. We're going to keep it for just like That's 20 beautiful. more yeah, seconds. Yeah, just going to keep playing it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to be talking about TCU women's basketball. Um, and the last time we talked about them, they were, I believe, 10-0, and 11-0 and uh, on a, just a hot streak. They were ranked um, and, you know, things were looking really good. And, and we were all really excited about what was happening here in Fort Worth with this TCU women's basketball team. Uh, something excited. And then... Uh, you know they go then they go 14 and 0 and here we are they're 14 and 4 and they didn't even they had to host tryouts for uh because they have had so many players get injured and it's just become such a sad story here with TCU and really stuff that's happened that's been out of their control Sedona Prince broke her finger on the first play against Baylor yeah that was bad. Yeah, they ended up bad. losing that, and they've lost four in a row. They've lost to Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Houston. And then things get even worse. Uh, Jaden Owens out for the season, I believe, with a torn ACL, yep. their starting point guard. Yep. Uh, Deja Turner, their backup center, out for the season with an ankle injury. And they haven't listed who else has been injured, but Sedona Prince went on TikTok and said there's other players that can't play right now because they're hurt. And they had six healthy players, which is you can't have six. They won't, uh, you know, you can't play a game. So they had to cancel their games against Kansas State and Iowa State. They're set to play tomorrow at home against UCF, but it's going to be a new look uh, TCU women's basketball team. What has your guys' reaction been to all of this as it's unfolded? I mean, just kind of astonished to be completely honest i mean it's it's um i i don't think i've ever seen anything like this where a team has had to forfeit um their week's worth of games due to injuries and and this is nothing against the tcu program because you can't really prepare for injuries like that it's just kind of the perfect storm has hit tcu unfortunately with this injury wave and with all with a lot of them being season ending injuries and i mean sedona Sedona Prince is set to come back in mid to late February, but who knows at this point too. It's it, it's sad. It's unfortunate. Again, just as you said, there's so much excitement around this around this team who have struggled for the last couple of seasons. Mark Campbell comes in, does a great job recruiting, gets in a lot of transfers for this team, and they do incredibly well. They they set records for the TC women's basketball program. They went 14 and 0, um, and then things just started going downhill. And I mean, it's it's the last thing that you want to see if you're a TCU fan, especially for a team that they 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 really hit their stride this season for for the first time in quite a while. It's just really too bad. So, yeah, interested to see you know how we move forward. But this is it has been a certainly a a story to follow because I I've, I've never as y'all said I've never seen anything like this before where they forfeited two games and then that's one thing right we've seen forfeits co- we, we were coming out of a, a, a seasons where covid you yep. know wrecked games before and games had to be canceled or slash forfeited yeah uh, so that's not anything that you know was too astonishing in terms of like 
seeing that headline, mm-hmm. but seeing it for the reason yeah, that it's it was just more for the reason that it's being injuries, and then getting the accompanying tweet slash you know press email that hey tell one tell all please come and try out for yeah. us if you have high school basketball experience yeah. we we would like for you to uh, to come in and play for us uh, simply to just have warm bodies on the bench so that we can go and play against UCF on Tuesday. Um, you said it, new look team. I think it'll be fun. You know, I'm rooting for, like, obviously I'm rooting for good outcomes, but I want good outcomes now because we might get a 30 for 30 out of this if there's, yeah. like, something Seriously. something awesome that happens. Yeah. yeah. It, it could be, you know, I mean, if who knows? Yeah, and there could be something you see in the future is something inspirational. Yeah, and, and for, for me, I guess, at, at least from, from, like, the fans' perspective, I mean, I, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but I think TCU is really only in a winning situation in the sense of you you end the season poorly, you don't win a lot of games, and but that's kind of what you expected. Or if you turn around and you're, you're able to grab a couple games here and there, you know, play play spoiler to some teams, then then that's a that that can be a success for you. But yeah, it's 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 such a strange scenario. Again, Seth, it's it's not that they canceled the games; it's how and why. I think that's I've never seen a team have so many injuries like this before, where you had to actually cancel the game like this. Yeah, and for a team that was doing so good, it's yeah. not like this team was terrible yeah. and it just got even worse. This yeah. team was ranked twenty third a couple weeks ago, and. Then Sedona goes down, and then the rest just, yep. and then everything else just happens, and it's been horrible. But yeah, Sedona was such a big part of this team. Obviously, she, you know, was great at running the pick and roll, rim protector, yep. rebounder. She would do it all, and so losing her was enough for to really hurt this team. But then you lose your point guard and your backup center, and other players are getting hurt, and. It's tough. Uh, so TCU, they held tryouts, yeah. um, and they added a few players. They added Sarah Sylvester, who uh, plays for TCU Volleyball. Yep. She's a, a sophomore middle blocker for the Horn Frogs volleyball team. She's tall. She is very yeah. tall. She's 6'3", uh, and she played. Uh, she did play high school basketball. Uh, she averaged 11 points, 7.5 rebounds, and 2.5 blocks per game her senior year. She earned all Catholic high school league honors as a junior and senior. So, I mean, and she's been great for TCU volleyball, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, really good for them and now she's a multi-sport athlete that's pretty sweet yeah I'm, I'm i'm really curious to see how like i mean she's a sophomore i mean this isn't to say that she hasn't practiced or done anything basketball related for the last two years but i'm curious to see what that transition is going to be like for her um and even she, for the other players too i mean it's, it's just interesting I, again we've never seen this where the team yeah. has hosted tryouts in the middle of a season right yeah i i whenever i saw that that she was on the team I just said the imagining of her, like, just put her under the basket and then toss it up and she'll set it in. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, she, I mean, that, like, a lob would work perfectly. Yeah. You know, she's not, under the rim. Yeah. Yeah. So, so TCU got Sarah Sylvester. They also just named three um, additional walk-ons that um, they've added to their roster for this season. So I'll, I'll just go through them and just their, their quick little bios here. Um, this is all from GoFrogs.com. This is not off the dome. Um, just want to put Ian that out knows there. The inter- whenever there's like a roster <laughs> addition, it is like straight fed into his brain. Like, like yeah. there's like a wire. Yep. And that so yeah he that's I know he's saying it's on GoFrogs but don't don't believe him he's <laughs> yeah. he, he's got it like an Ethernet cord coming out of his his brainstem. 
All right. So in addition to dual sport athlete Sarah Sylvester, TCU has added Piper Davis, a 5'8 guard. She's a freshman from Boise, Idaho, attended Timberline High School. Davis guided Timberline to the Idaho High School Activities Association 5A Girls Basketball State Championship in 2022. She started every game at guard along the Wolves Championship run. Davis was selected to compete in the 2023 Idaho State All-Star Game at the conclusion of her final prep season. She was also tabbed to the IdahoSports.com All-Tournament second team and an honorable mention all-conference accolades for senior year. She scored a career-high 22 points in the first round of the 2013 IHSAA 5A Girls Basketball State Championship. Um, and she also became the second member of her family to play Division I basketball. Her father, Jared Davis, played for Gonzaga from 89 to 92. Put her in. Yeah. Put her in. Um, that's hilarious. I, I laughed when you said, because the thing she can, you know, she guided Timberline to the Idaho High School Activities Association 5A Girls Basketball State Championship. Yeah. It, was, it was a mouthful for a second. Yeah. yeah. The it's I-H-A-A-S. Like, it's it's like the name. Hallmark movies. Like, you going to the Christmas festival of yeah. holidays? And I'm like, Seriously. What? what? Athletic. Yeah. Oh, what was that a call? Hey, yeah, yeah, run that back. Yeah, the- Idaho High School Activities Association 5A Girls Basketball State Championship. The IHSAA? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So Piper Davis, 5'8", freshman guard from Boise, Idaho. Um, she's joining the team uh, after making it from the tryouts the other day. Ella Hamlin, 5'9", guard, freshman from Granbury, Texas, attended Granbury High School. Hamlin scored more than 1,500 career points over a four-year varsity run at Granbury High School. She was crowned District Offensive Player of the Year in 22 and 23. Hamlin averaged 18 points per game and scored a career-high 42 points at the expense of Lev Lady High School her senior year. She also played one season of club basketball for Team Lex. So TCU basketball also nice. added Ella Hamlin, um, Granbury, Texas native. And then last but not least, Micaiah Moore, 5'7", sophomore guard from Brownsboro, Texas, attended Brownsboro High School. Micaiah Moore led the, the Barrettes to their first-ever Texas UIL Girls Basketball State Championship as a senior in 2022. She was named, a, she was named state championship MVP and chosen to the state championship all-tournament team following Brownsboro's title game triumph. Moore tallied more than 1,000 career points over a four-year varsity run, a dedicated student, more graduated as Brownsboro's uh, 2022 salutatorian. Yeah, salutatorian. Salutatorian, and is a member of TCU's Chancellor's, oh, wow. Chancellor's Scholars Program. Dang. So, scheme. She'll be scheming up the players yeah. on, on the sideline right there. So yeah, we we don't know much about each of these players that are joining, but just just wanted to you know give them Sounds some like we time. Know quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I mean, ba- based off of this, I mean, hey, again, I, I'm not quite sure what their role might be. Um, but, I mean, at this point, anything can help. I mean, it's, again, it's just a crazy situation. But I, I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best for, for TC women's basketball and, and these four players that have joined. Well, so. we, were, we, were, we were thinking of sending a reconnaissance mission, and we were going to go send the radio girls in to tell us all about what this, these tryouts were about. But, unfortunately, uh, that did not happen. Yeah, I wish they did. I wish we could have the radio awesome. girls. What do you think that would have been like? Gra- if Joy and Grace <laughs> suited up, um, I think it would have gone – you know, I, I think it would have gone as good as you thought it would go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm very thankful though that they added the prerequisite that you had to have high school basketball experience yeah. because if they didn't, boy, they were just there would just be people showing up, and yeah. uh, you'd get about sixty percent of the student population. Yeah, but I wish they didn't. You know, part. You know, I take that back. I wish they didn't because it would have been a awesome scene to go and see. 
but unfortunately, we did not get our reconnaissance mission in there, uh, and unfortunately, uh, we did not get 60% of the female population to go and try out. But, you know, you know there's always another, another, another time, I guess. Could you imagine, though, like these three ladies here are... Imagine like a year ago or even a month ago. I mean, you're sitting, you're a student at TCU and, you know, you think your basketball career is over. I mean, they all had very successful high school careers based off their profile here. And and here they are and they see an opportunity to get a chance to walk on and play at TCU. Yeah. And and also on top of that, I mean... This is the first week back for classes too, and, yeah. and I'm trying to figure. I'm sitting here trying to figure out when all my new assignments are due, and then three, three, three of these people are now on a team, and they have to deal with that as a part of being a student. When you know, I mean, it's 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 crazy what these yeah. last couple of days must have been for for, for, for yeah. these players. For Sarah, it's like she's already been accustomed to that because she already was a student athlete, but now she has to do it again. Yeah. I'm sure that's pretty exciting for her, though. It's like, yeah, yeah you know, I don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm mainly a volleyball player, but I get an opportunity to play some basketball. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, but, I mean, it's it's a unique opportunity. Really, really um, anxious to see how they get on with the team and, and what, what comes of it. I mean, again, we, we don't really know what exactly to expect from them as players um how much they're going to be included um and how, how much of a rotation mark campbell's really going to kind yeah. of put yeah. together yeah it's not, it's not clear whether or not they're just there to fulfill the requirement yeah. for the amount of players that they yep. need or if these are going to be and i you know what i bet you to a certain extent they don't know the answer to that question yeah, either exactly uh, because if if say one of them or a couple of them come out there and they are balling out in practice or they get into a game a little bit and they and they look great then they might try it out and and see what happens but uh the schedule is difficult we talked about that how like go make once they got to the Big 12 it would be a little more difficult i don't think we would have thought that they would have uh lost their last six games technically yeah, yeah. but um if they can come out here and 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 get a win tomorrow against UCF, the the confidence, the morale boost that 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 could bring would be huge. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd really be exciting if they can get a win. Uh, I'm I am curious though because Sedona, they haven't mentioned like specifics on what other players, who else is hurt. So I'm curious to see who has been dealing, who's dealing with injuries right now. Yeah, pa- Paige Bradley's been out all season. That's one. Um, that they came into it with, and then I can't remember her name, but there's another player that had to leave because of an injury in the middle of the season and just hasn't been able to come back because of it. It, yeah. it was a foot injury, if I'm not mistaken. The, yeah. Did you know? Yeah, well, I feel like the overarching theme is that, Zion, you talked about their depth issues yeah. earlier on. Uh, <laughs> I was not expecting you to be so spot on about uh, their depth issues. Yeah. Uh, Especially in this way, definitely <laughs> not taking victory laps for that. <laughs> not at all. It's definitely it's it sucks. I can't even I can't even fathom. They their last game was on January thirteenth against Houston. They lost seventy seven to sixty six. Um, and yeah, now Madison Connor is assuming she's healthy. I don't know. I'm, I would I assume she's. she's healthy, I would assume she's healthy. Otherwise, they probably would have said something. Yeah. Um, she's gonna have to really. Uh, carry, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know we're we're hoping we're we're really you know heartbroken about what's happened with this women's basketball team, but hoping for the best moving forward. Again, they're gonna uh, play tomorrow night uh, at home against uh, UCF. Uh, I will be doing the pregame show. Game starts at six thirty. Pregame 
uh, starts at 6, so tune in on 88.7 for that. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Big 12 men's basketball and the top 25 right here on 88.7 The Choice. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up, just like that. Giving up on what? I'm getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me, we are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right, which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Riff Ram Review, everybody. This is weird. I've never done this before. Ian Apetian, Zion Trammell, Seth Dowdle with you here on 88.7 KTCU The Choice. We just talked about TCU women's basketball. Now we're going to pivot back to men's, and we're going to look at the Big 12 Conference as a whole. It's the best conference in America, and that deems it worthy to talk about. Boys, why is it the best conference in America? It's just so evenly balanced. I mean, there's so many good teams and exciting young, you know, exciting players. With Kansas, they have some, you know, with Hunter Dickinson, he's just been tremendous. Um, and I think the recruiting has really elevated, and the Big 12 has made it a, a you know, a point of emphasis that we are going to be competitive in basketball. And maybe, you know, the football had an off year had a down year but basketball has just been tremendous um and you look at teams like kansas they've been good for several years uh you add in a team like houston who's found a lot of success in the last few years as well um and you know they're going to bring in arizona next year and there's just it, it's it's really become a juggernaut and tcu's gotten better i mean they've made the tournament two years in a row where that wasn't really a reality for several years they've struggled with men's basketball but now that's competitive um there's just a lot of talent to go around and it's just been so much fun every game feels like march madness yeah. anything can happen yeah no i mean this this big 12 it's to me it's the most physical um it's it's the most physical conference for basketball, and and I mean last year I think at the start of the season there were hints of people saying, look, is is the Big Twelve really the best um, conference for basketball in the nation? And slowly throughout last season we really saw that kind of just gain, gain some traction. And by by the end of last season it was kind of a no brainer. And then again, just like Zion said, with the addition of some of these teams like Houston next, you're bringing in Arizona, you're bringing in powerhouses. In, in in the current state of of you know college basketball in, in the United States and I mean it's such a physical conference they they naturally attract a lot of talent these programs and I mean it's it's great to see you know obviously I would love to see TC doing better but 
at least it's a conference where it's like, look, this is a this is a dang hard conference, and it's 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 a it's an uphill battle every week. So yeah, great great answers, you know, and that it's so difficult. And I think you know we should look back at like kind of some some history here and how we got here before we talk about I guess yeah. this past week. I just want to mention this. So for a very long time, the ACC was the basketball conference king. Yep. Duke, North Carolina, Virginia. You can just rattle off a bunch of Syracuse. I mean. Come on, they're they're great, great programs. Still great programs. Um, the Big East has always kind of had you know their hat in the ring there as well. Uh, I mean, UConn just won uh, the national championship, and Villanova's won a, a couple in the last decade as well. But starting in 2019, I really feel like is when they started to submit themselves. Texas Tech finishes the runner-up that year, lost to Virginia. But then in 21. Um, uh, and then 2020, the season was canceled, but Kansas yep. was the clear front runner to win the national championship of the year. And I know that March Madness is crazy, anything that happened, but that Kansas team was yeah. really good. Uh, in 21, Baylor won uh, the Natty, and then in 22, Kansas won the Natty. And last year, obviously, UConn won it, but the, that last year, I feel like, was when everyone was like, hey, hold on. the conference, This conference yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Because it... In non-conference, and then whenever they started to play each other, just anyone could beat anybody. And then now you get to add Arizona, who is a blue butt in their own right, yeah. and um, other you know decent programs, I guess as well. Eddie Lampkin is coming back, boys. Yeah, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's coming back. Yeah, that would be crazy to have Colorado play here. I'm curious to see what that reception would be like for for will Eddie. He, will he, he be, remains. Uh, will he be eligible? I don't know. Doesn't That's matter. the thing. I don't know. Yeah, and I guess only a select few, select group of students will remember. Remember because and have been there. Yeah, because you know, it's it's been a, it's been a little bit. But yeah, I think the Big East really is the only conference that can somewhat compete right now. Like I said, UConn is you know the number one team in the country. Um, Creighton is is ranked. Marquette. Um, uh, who else is there anyone else that's ranked in the big east i think that's it but um yeah it's i mean you look at the big 12 you got houston uh they are ranked number four kansas is seven uh you know if arizona will come here next year they're number nine oklahoma's 11 but they're leaving um baylor 15 texas tech 20 BYU 21, Iowa State 23, uh, TCU was ranked number 19 last week. They have fallen to number 30. So it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, and it's really been so much fun to watch. And Jamie Dixon has just emphasized it over and over again about like the facilities and, you know, Baylor, they got a new basketball arena and how much is being committed, you know, to this conference. And it's tough because, TCU would probably be one of the better teams in just about any other conference mm-hmm. except this one. But it's fun because you get some really good competition. Yeah. And we've gotten to see some NBA talent, NBA-level talent, over the last couple years with you know Keontae George at Baylor, uh, Grady, Grady Dick went to Kansas, mm-hmm. um, you know, just over the last couple years alone. Yeah, and, and, and just kind of piggybacking off of something you said there, right? It's like TCU could – be a top-level competitor basically in any other conference if they if they went there. Um, but even if TCU isn't, which I think TCU has it in them, they just need to put all those pieces together, it still attracts so much talent from across the nation because you're playing in the best basketball conference in the United States. It's a fact. And, and even if you may not be, you know, 
consistently beating those top teams and staying in the top 25, you're attracting a lot of talent and eyes into the conference. And overall, that's good. That's great for basketball, but that's also good for the Big 12 as a whole for for all the other sports that, that the Big 12, you know, indulges in. So, uh, I'm no bracketologist, but I dabble <laughs> in bracketology. Uh, we'll go with Joe Lenardi, even though I feel like sometimes he doesn't have his, his finger on the correct pulse, but we'll go with it because I was on the ESPN website anyway, and it was a couple clicks away. Uh, he has 10 of the 14 Big 12 teams in the tournament if the season ended today. Dang. Who are those teams? Uh, well, I, it's not. It's, I got. I got to go through the bracket. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, the, the, a lot of teams. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech uh, is in the last four by. Cincinnati would be in the last four in. I do not. He has TCU as a nine seed playing Ole Miss. Oh wow! So um, BYU a five seed. Um, this is just me kind of scrolling around yeah. along. Kansas a one seed. That's not surprising. Um, Iowa State a seven seed, Texas Tech a ten seed, um, and then sorry, let's. I mean, Baylor you, a three seed. You get the point. You can make a case for just about any of these teams making the tournament, except Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and probably uh, UCF. And you know, and UCF beat Kansas. And yeah, UCF beat Kansas. Uh, you know, Texas was struggling, but then they came up and beat Baylor. Uh, Cincinnati, they've had some pretty good wins. I think Cincinnati is a pretty good team as well. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's truly insane. The SEC uh, is uh, has eight teams in, according to Lenardi, with uh, the Big Ten and the Big East getting six in. Uh, Big Ten, uh, Big Ten, my opinion, overrated basketball conference. They haven't won a national championship in quite some time, and they always seem to underperform, particularly Purdue. I'm looking yeah, at you, Purdue. And, and I mean, Purdue's been their best team the last couple of years, and they've lost to uh, FA or FDU. FDU, number 16 seed. Yeah. They lost to um, North Texas, yep. who was a 14 seed, mm-hmm. and they lost to St. Peter's, who was a 15 seed. Yeah, that's just the last three tournaments. Yeah, St. Peter's, yeah, and, um, they have Illinois, haven't been able to see them yet, but uh, they, you know, it's yeah, I don't know. Big 10, by the way, yeah. the I was looking at the Big 10 conference standings. Uh, the Michigan basketball team willingly did sacrifice themselves for the football team's <laughs> national championship, they are horrendous, really. Yeah, bad. So, uh, I just Jawan Howard and the squad <laughs> put in a willing sacrifice that said we we will take we will take we'll our take losses. Yeah, we will take the fall for this one. Yeah, I'm sure they're okay with that. Yeah, well, well not I mean, not the team, <laughs> but the fans and everyone else. The fans are okay with it. Yeah, um, it's but yeah, it's it's certainly a, a, you know always fun to like. It's kind of hard to to follow college basketball and and in, in the. Uh, in the fall at slash winter because yeah. football's going on and, and there's just so much going on. And also like the games to a certain extent don't matter that much. But once conference season starts rolling around mid December and especially now when like this is pretty much the main collegiate yep. sport attraction at this point, uh, it's, it's, it's tantalizing and very interesting. I cannot wait for conference championship yeah. uh, tournament week. That's always just like, it's oh, a yeah. great appetizer to uh, the tournament itself. And I'm interested to see how everything shakes up, particularly the Big 12. It's wide open. Don't know who um, is going to win it. I, I I would put a lot of money on Kansas or Houston, but yeah. um, certainly could see a lot of other people throwing their hat in the ring. Yeah, I would say Kansas and Houston are, are definitely the two best teams right now. Uh, Kansas, again, 
with Kevin McCuller and, and Hunter Dickinson. They are just tremendous. It's Hunter Dickinson is such an unique and just unbelievable he's a, player. He's a unique individual. Yeah, his I mean I didn't approve of the little flop yeah. against TCU and Ernest Uday, but it's hard not to recognize how good of a player he is with his shooting ability, rebounding, um, and then you know Kevin McCuller can can just about do anything on the offensive end. So yeah, it's been it's I, I think Kansas to me if if Kansas and Houston played, um, it would be a close game because Houston is very good defensively. Uh, but I think Kansas, like overall, with their experience in offense, would would win. But yeah, it's really up for the taking. Anyone can take it. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, just just simply looking at the standings right now. And again, this is like this is on ESPN, so I don't know if it's tiebreaker or or alpha if if it's alphabetized. But it's it's just crazy to see number twenty five Texas Tech Red Raiders as the number one team in the Big Twelve, and yeah. then you have number three Kansas in third, and then number five Houston. Um, all the way in sixth, and then number nineteen TC. Well, this was taken a while ago, but when TC was number nineteen, we're we're second to last in the Big Twelve. I mean, it's it's just like you 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 can't really write up a script. And again, I mean, you know, especially because because I know you and I, Zion, you 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 and I do um, do our own Big Twelve standings with with other people and compare. And every week, it's basically from from number one to about. Number eight, sometimes you it, it can be a complete like mix up between whoever you fancy you yep. know, that that week. I mean, it it can completely change, um, and so yeah. I mean, it's it's a tremendous conference. It's a great season uh, for for the Big Twelve. Um, it's exciting. I'm gonna come down to the wire too with how good all these teams are doing too. So um, yeah, really excited to see what what the rest of the uh, of the season has in store. So I have a question for y'all. Yeah. If there could be any team in the universe other than TCU to win a college basketball national championship this year, who would you want to to see raise the trophy in uh, in April? It's that you know mm. that's another quarrel I have. March Madness ends in April, but that's another that's like a, a, a realistic team to win win <laughs> uh, it, or, or just sure, like anybody. I mean, sure, it could be anybody. It, it could it could be it could be uh, Drexel University, but I would prefer someone that's it, more realistic. It's tough right now because. The top of the rankings is a lot of blue bloods. I mean, you know, you got, I mean, you look at teams that are in the top 10, they've had a ton of success. Uh, UConn, USC, uh, Tennessee's there at five, Kentucky, Kansas. Um, oof, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't really want anyone from the Big 12 to win because I just, it's like, it's funny because, Seth, we've talked about this before. We adore Kansas football. Like, oh, they're just, oh, look at them go. They're winning some football games. Same with Duke football. Yeah, same with and Duke. North Carolina football to a certain extent. Yeah, and then Kansas basketball. Oh, my God. I hope they lose every game. Uh-huh. I hate them, you know. Um, let's look. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I, I think I'd want, like, Someone you just like Auburn or something that'd be kind of you know I don't really have like any attachment towards Auburn but yeah I've always liked UNC I really liked growing up so they got the best colors in the top ten that's why I liked them so much and so I I would actually I'll change to UNC UNC yeah for me I mean and and this is just because of affiliation my my dad went to graduate school um, at St Mary's Mm. so. 
I, I've been to St. Mary's once or twice before. Um, I hear about St. Mary's all the time. The Gales up in uh, Moraga, California. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's any team that I'd go for, it would be St. Mary's just because of the affiliation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really care to see anyone else win. I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the number 16 Dayton Flyers. <laughs> uh, Dayton was robbed in 2020. They had a very good squad. Obi Toppin. Topin? Yeah, Obi Toppin, yeah. Obi Toppin was on the Dayton Flyers that yeah. year. Unfortunately, the season got canceled, so we never got to see them flex their muscles. But right now, they're 15 and two, 16th ranked uh, team in the country. And uh, give me Dayton. Uh, oh, I got. I changed mine. The 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 FAU Owls, Florida yeah. Atlantic. I was I was definitely rooting for them last year. Um, that'd be cool. They did not do it though, unfortunately. Yeah. They got really close. Yeah. They did not do it. Yeah, I've actually. I've but going back to St. Mary's, I've been to I've been to a couple games at, yeah. at St. Mary's. They, yeah. They definitely. It's they've got a pretty good basketball team. Yeah. Uh, I don't. This year. They've had a couple bad losses. I know yeah. they got blown out by San Diego State. I remember they're watching receiving that game. two votes in yeah. the AP Top Twenty Five. Yeah, and it's pretty much their season is is Gonzaga. You yeah. know that conference is yeah. is pretty much Gonzaga. And Gonzaga's not good this and year. And they're not. Yeah, yeah, they're not good this year. So I mean, you would think that I don't know if they've played them yet. Probably not. Those games are usually later in the at year. the end of the but season. But they're always fun. Yeah, they are always fun. Those are honestly that's some of my favorite rivalry games is St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though Gonzaga usually dominates, but St. Mary's won last year, so I always find it funny because um, it's one of those rivalries where it is a rivalry. But if Gonzaga beats St. Mary's, they will not rush the court. But if St. Yeah. Mary's beats Gonzaga, oh, you better believe they're rushing yes. the court. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Uh, also, the their gyms are so small that yeah, everyone can rush the court. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. And last year, I remember watching the game, and the announcers' table literally almost died because. They were so they're so close and so packed in. There were so many people there, but yeah, it's a really, really good rivalry. A lot of good rivalries in the Big Twelve. A lot of good games coming up in the Big Twelve. TCU, as we mentioned, they're going to be playing Oklahoma State tomorrow, and then Baylor on Saturday. Uh, it's it's interesting to see how this conference is going to wrap up. We 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 don't know how it's going to end. We think it's going to be Kansas or Houston, but we will see. And you're just going to have to see along with us because. Uh, we're all we don't play basketball, and we, we have no we have no input on whether or not uh, on whether or how on, on how the teams do. But that'll do it for the first hour uh, here on Riff Frame Review. Stick with us because uh, right after this, we're going to talk about the National Football League. A lot has happened over the past couple of weeks, and we've missed it, so we got to catch up. Stick with us right here on eighty-eight point seven KTC, the choice, your choice for college radio. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your flat. Socks go in first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. 
What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio. I'm Ian Nepetian, excuse me, and I'm joined alongside Zion Trammell and Seth Dowdo as we move into the second hour of tonight's show. We did a lot of basketball talk, TCU men's basketball in the first segment, then that was followed by women's talk, and then heading back to men's basketball, talking really about the Big 12, what we like about the conference, how it's really push itself into that category of being the best basketball conference in the U.S. But now it's time to switch over to the NFL. As this last weekend was the NFL divisional round. So we've got to recap four of those games, starting off with the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, it was to not many people's surprise that the San Francisco 49ers got a first round bye. Um, they ended up playing the Packers after the Packers um, took care of business against the Cowboys. Um, I know you guys definitely don't want to talk about that. Um, we'll do it later. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it later. But, um, yeah, Niners uh, beat the Packers 24-21. to um, Anders Carlson missing a field goal late in the game. It was nasty weather. Not an excuse for Anders Carlson, but nasty Bay Area weather. Rainy. Just looked, looked completely gross from the broadcast. But... 49ers advancing to the NFC Championship round will, where they will take on the Detroit Lions, um, and that's another game we'll get to. But what did you, what did you guys make of this game? This was the game on Saturday night. Um, Saturday night football yeah. on Fox. Yeah. What what did you guys make of it? Uh, I bet you that the plants on top of the on top of Levi Stadium where they have that self growing thing uh, were well watered. Yes. And so was the football. Yeah. And Anders Carlson. Uh, Missed it. Darn, man. Um, almost, it was so close to being a Jordan Love legacy game. Yeah. Uh, and so close to being a Brock Purdy, oh no, are you are you bad again game? Yeah. Uh, but it was not. He clutched up. He has that clutch gene. And uh, uh, yeah, 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, he's good. He's a good coach. Good yep. coach. If he can make Brock Purdy the same Brock Purdy that threw a 360 pick six against these TC Horn Frogs in 2020. Bring him to two consecutive conference championship games. He can do about just anything. Yep. Yeah, that was a pretty good win for the 49ers. Uh, I I had a feeling that game was going to be a lot closer than than people expected, especially because of the weather and the way that Green Bay played against Dallas. I didn't really think that was just a fluke. Uh, I think they are they had a good style and a good recipe for success, and that's mainly because Aaron Jones is healthy. Yep. Uh, he had 18 carries for 108 yards. The Niners gave up a 100-yard rusher. That hasn't yeah. happened in a very long time, and that, that was pretty impressive by Green Bay. Um, I just think the youth of this team uh, kind of you know, killed them a little bit. Jordan Love, that uh, off-his-back-leg kind of yeah. throw was— uh, Very forced. Yeah, it was a little forced. Um, and then, yeah, having uh, Anders Carlson miss that kick. But, you know, big big props for, for Matt LaFleur to get this team— competitive uh, with a lot of first and second year guys um, and, and really putting up a fight against uh, arguably the best team in the NFL is, is pretty impressive and and I think they'll be good and, and Jordan Love has impressed a lot of people he's um, definitely the the future of that franchise for at the quarterback position yeah yeah not not to take away from Jordan Love's uh, season because he, he he had a great season but that that 
last interception reminded me of a fellow Green Bay Packer quarterback, but uh, Brett Favre when he threw the pick as a as a Viking to the Saints mm-hmm. of just throwing across your body late in the game. You don't need to do that, you know. Yeah, plenty um, of time. Yeah, plenty of time. I I'm trying to remember like where players were there. Felt like he could even maybe just ran it for a yard or two and yeah. like run out of bounds or just he throw it out of bounds type of thing. I'm watching right now. Um, but yeah, just un- unfortunate live? ending. <laughs> an unfortunate ending for Jordan Love and the Packers. But I mean, they they should be proud of this season. They've had ten and nine with such a young team. Um, and and again, then then to put it to the 49ers the the way they did because the Niners are not a not an easy team to go up against on any week. Well, so. One of the three teams that didn't have any pro ballers, the Packers, and they you know beat the bejesus out of the Cowboys and then yeah. competed uh, right up to the wire with the Niners were driving to either tie or take the lead yep. in the fourth quarter against as you said Zion uh, probably uh, the best team in the NFL uh, something to note going forward uh, Debo Samuel left this game very early and I thought that that was going to play a big role and I think it did play a yes. big role because the offense kind of sputtered a lot after yep. that um, it, it it kind of felt like all year almost like how Debo went, the team went, and like when he wasn't playing, that's kind of when the, they had those weird like bumpy losses yep. in the middle of the season to the, uh, the Browns and, and and someone else. I don't I don't recall off the top of my head, but he got he went out early, and I was like, okay, all right, this is kind of you know an avenue now that the Packers yeah. have, and they certainly did take advantage of it. But in that fourth quarter, down to the wire, down um, twenty one to. Uh, 14, the, the 49ers offense and Brock Purdy just figured it out. And yep. and then they went out there and they won the football game. And that's props to Brock Purdy. That's props to Kyle Shanahan. That's yep. props to everyone on that offense uh, for, for, you know, realizing that, hey, do or die. And they talked about it on the broadcast a lot, how this 49ers team kind of viewed this season as like, all right, we've accumulated a lot of success over the past five years we made a super bowl we lost we've made it to conference championships we've lost them and now this is the team where it kind of it feels like everything is built up to this mm-hmm. to where like a very well-oiled machine and yep. like it's kind of do or die and for a long time there it was like oh my gosh are they going to squander another opportunity they have another chance yep. to make another super bowl next week against the lions which we'll get into in a second yeah no, it was it was a really interesting game. I I, I think it was really game of two halves. I I, I kind of want to say that because the Packers really dominated the especially the first quarter, but the first quarter and a half kind of. Um, they had two drives at least over seven minutes each. I believe um, they only got three points out of out of those two drives, though, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. But the Packers found found what worked early on. And ultimately, it was just that the Niners made the adjustments to to get that one-step advantage above the Packers. Um, but no, credit to Brock Purdy. Credit to um, Kyle Shanahan. Um, again, ni- Niners have had a tremendous season, and, and it's, it's going to continue against the Lions. But another game we wanted to get to was the Ravens and Texans. Um, I thought, I thought at least from a neutral point of view, it was great to see the Texans get to this point. I mean, what a season it was for C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans. For Stroud, someone that came into the league, s- second overall pick, 
didn't really have a ton of guys to throw to at the start of the year, but guys really showed up when they needed it. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, who unfortunately had the broken leg um, in the middle of the season, and then Dalton Schultz, who was with the Cowboys the season before and really popped off with the Texans this year. I mean, for, for the Texans to make it as far as they did, I think that's a it's it's an incredible achievement. But the Ravens controlled this game completely. Um, they 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 shut down the Texans. They beat them thirty four to ten. Texans did not score in the second half. Um, this is the patented special teams touchdown makes the game look a lot closer than it actually is. Yes, game. exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Their only their only touchdown was a punt return for a score that tied it at ten. Yep. Uh, and then the Ravens just you know continued doing what they were doing. Yep. They, there was a point in time there where the offense for a, a little while there at the beginning where the Ravens offense did not they looked like they hadn't played in three weeks, which is true because they really hadn't because they'd been resting so much. They didn't play their starters yeah. uh, at, in, in week 18. So they were a little rusty, but once they knocked that rust off, I mean, it was, it was, this defense is so good. This is another yeah. well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Baltimore team is really good. I cannot believe, I cannot believe that there were discussions during the offseason that the Ravens wanted to get rid of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he, he went 16 for 22, 152 yards and passed for two touchdowns. And then on the ground, he had 11 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Just crazy. MVP. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what he's done this season's been spectacular. And again, the, the Ravens defense is really, really good. I, again, kind of similar to the Packers Niners game, I felt like the Texans kind of found a couple holes here and there at the start, but then the Ravens kind of just. They, they, they filled those voids that weren't there at the start of the game and then just figured it out. And. Yeah, again, just completely controlled the rest of the game and, and uh, knocking out the Texans. So Let's clap it up for CJ Stroud, though. Clap, yeah. it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Hit my mic, yeah. Very uh, proud very of you, CJ, uh, but it's kind of good. You know, put the city of Houston, you know, we got to keep them down. Keep them down, you know. There. Yeah. Keep them down a little bit. Yeah, they got they, they got their quarterback, but, you know. They're, they're probably, they're probably going to need some new running backs next season. Uh, yeah. Derek Henry. Oh man, could you imagine? And yeah, like like you said, they didn't have Tank Dell, who's one of their top receivers early on. Noah Brown missed this game. Nico Collins missed time here and there. And um, yeah, they're, they're, if they can add someone like Derrick Henry, that would be a pretty dynamic offense. Um, I, I don't know if you you know you you can spend that money because you're not spending as much money on your quarterback yeah. right now. Uh, your receivers are young, yeah. so. Yes, you can spend that money for a guy like Derrick Henry. Um, and that would be nice for Texans fans to be like, finally, we can't get destroyed by him every year. We, he can you know, maybe li- do the, some of the heavy lifting. The, the hope for the, the Texans is that they are the reverse Jaguars from this year, where last year yeah. the Jaguars were the up-and-coming team, where we were talking about them in this spot. They just yep. lost the Chiefs in the divisional round, but they're like, hey, you know, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up for the Jags, and then they come out and they absolutely choke in the second half of the season. Yeah. So hopefully for the Texans, they continue to build on that momentum. Yeah. And uh, I think that, you know, between them and Jacksonville, AFC South, yeah. oh, and, and also in Indianapolis— uh, is in good hands. Uh, unfortunately, the other team. Who's the other team in the AFC Titans. South? Oh, Titans. Titans yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. But moving on to the games on Sunday, the Detroit Lions took on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They um, took care of them, thirty-one to twenty-three. The Lions are headed to the NFC Championship game. Gosh, for the first time in 
what 36 37 i was a wee, 38 years i was a wee idea in the in the minds yeah. of two individuals i was not even i was not even alive <laughs> i mean gosh it's it's crazy oh, but <laughs> but crazy that the lions took care of the bucks i mean the 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 bucks i i i can't believe uh team that was nine and eight won their division and made it this far anyways um they almost won they almost i know won the game i know what do you guys think about them going for two at that, uh, at that i mean point? it didn't make it didn't matter no no, no i i know but just in that situation i i i'm in the i'm, I'm in the belief that it's i i don't i like the idea of going for two twice but i think you almost should kick the field goal or kick the extra points so it's 31 to 24 and then you have the opportunity to make a decision. Do you want to go for two and for the win, or do you want to just kick the extra yeah. point and, and tie instead of going for two twice? Because yeah. the chances of you missing like two extra points or even one Significantly is, is significant. Yeah. So I would kick the extra point and then give yourself an, an, a decision to make. Do you want to go for the win or tie? I've never seen this played out in a situation where it's like, th- where, like this. Usually it's, all right, we're down by... 15 and we need to go for two once and they score their first touchdown and they go for two then but at that point now they're down they're still down by nine Mm -hmm. usually it's when you're trailing and you're trying to tie it not to you know potentially take the lead like they were doing here so this was very odd i would have just kicked it at the situation yeah uh but in the end uh just like lincoln park always says it didn't even matter uh but I have always enjoyed Baker Mayfield's style of just reckless abandon, yep. and uh, we got to see that on full display. You get to see, you always get to see the best and the worst of Baker, and, and usually the span of about ten minutes. Yeah, we we saw that today. We saw that. Uh, it was great, but I feel like for all the people that were were saying, and we and we've we've gotten vindication on this a lot throughout the year. But why would the why would the Lions draft a running back in the first round? Yeah. They already have one. Well, Jameer Gibbs is pretty cool, and he's pretty yeah. awesome, and uh, he had some runs in this game that proved all those people wrong. Yeah. And now, look look at y'all. The Lions are in the conference championship game. I was one of those people. <laughs> I was one of those people, too. Yep. Yep. I, I really I was. I, I wasn't sure, especially after you get rid of, uh, what's their face? J- um, Jamal, Williams. Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, and then you get two completely new running backs. I was like, I was like okay. I was like, Interesting. I liked the Laporta pick. I didn't yeah. like the Jameer Gibbs pick. Yeah, because I wanted the Cowboys to get Laporta. It felt very strange <laughs> with with the Jameer Gibbs pick, to be honest. But hey, I mean, they they've built up such a great culture. It, it I mean, it at still this is point, kind of strange. But like the 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 where we've arrived at like a good point. So now yeah. it's like, hey, it was still it's kind of paid a, off. It was a strange right? process, it's, though. And, yes. and they drafted Brian Branch. Who's been uh, really solid for them on defense that's yeah. in that draft? So that draft class has just been loaded for the Lions. But yeah, Tampa Bay they came up short. Uh, they beat Philly, so I love them already. Um, and you know Baker Mayfield. We love you, Baker. And and okay, this was kind of interesting because you know I I thought about this I was talking about it with my dad this quarterback matchup. Both quarterbacks you know had a a good start with their franchises with. The Rams, you know, they went to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, and then Baker was great at the start with the Browns, yep. and you know, people thought they were going to be the future. Then things tumble out of spiral out of control. They get traded and replaced by good quarterbacks, you know, Watson and Stafford, and then you know, they get a fresh start with new teams, and then they're both in the postseason. Yeah. It's pretty cool, pretty the, similar. The Baker Mayfield saga is very, you know, I'll, I'll table it, but it's very interesting. I. He he was on the Panthers and then he was on the Rams last yeah. year. Yeah. 
and now he's and now he's and now he's their quarterback for uh, at least the next year at, at the minimum at the minimum yeah, yeah he, he played himself into a starting role this was an audition season yeah, for him and he and he succeeded yeah, yeah. He, he he definitely earned the part so um no credit to baker mayfield and then rounding out the um nfl divisional round at least on the afc side was the chiefs and bills game last night uh chiefs took that one 27 to 24 frigid conditions in buffalo um and kind of the big story out of that was was the bills and uh Tyler Bass missing the uh, what was it forty one yard forty four 44 yard field goal attempt yeah you would have thought it was from seventy four with how much he missed that seriously sucker. this was the chance for Buffalo this was the most wounded animal you know Chiefs team that you were gonna get and then for a while it's their wide receivers aren't gonna be this bad next year they're gonna fix that uh, but and this was a team that didn't look like it was gonna be anything special. There were multiple times I feel like we talked about in the regular season where it was like, man, if they keep doing this, they're going to lose. Yep. And then for some reason, the playoffs start and it's like, it's it's not it's like it's last year again. Yeah. But heartbroken for uh you know Buffalo because it felt like this was the shot and they still came up short. I, did Stefan Diggs? I you know I have a question. Stefan Diggs was he there? I was just going to talk yeah. about it. I wanted to use this opportunity to talk about the Bills because we can talk about the Chiefs later. Stefan Diggs' fall-off needs to be studied, man. <laughs> I mean, this dude has been an absolute ghost for them. Uh, he had a decent game against Miami. Um, he hadn't gone for over 50 yards since week since against philly where he had six catches for 74 yards i mean he has literally been a ghost and i think buffalo they need to revamp their receiving core i'm sorry dalton kincaid and uh khalil shakir should not be received be your receiving leaders on offense it that just should not be the case um and I, I do feel for Josh Allen. Played out of his mind. He did play out of his mind, and and he's not the reason he lost. They lost. He could have made some throws that he missed. He's not the you know the sole reason they lost. But it's become a discussion now where you kind of have to hold him a little accountable because Lamar Jackson's one win away from going to the Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Burrow's been to the Super Bowl, and Mahomes has won multiple, and Josh Allen has not. So. It's not all on him, but it's just something you have to think. And not that they're going to move on from him, but, you know, it's just something you think about when you talk about Josh Allen. I, he did make some – he made some throws last night where I don't – if I'm alone and watching a game, I will not, like, say things out yeah. loud a lot. But there were some times where I, I just was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh Impressive. My, <laughs> that was – like, both of them. Patrick Mahomes made a throw yeah. uh, to um, – who was it? It was Valley Scantling. Yes. It was very early in the second half where he stepped up in the pocket and threw on the run, yep. like essentially with both feet in the air, and it was a dot. And yep. I and I was like, ah, I wish that every quarterback could do that because I've I've watched enough college football where it's just uh, some you know random sophomore from from Myrtlesboro, yep. Virginia, and he just throws it into the back of his offensive line every single time, which is entertaining. But this was art, and I wish we could see that a lot more. It, it and I, again, heartbroken for Buffalo. Heartbroken that it was wide right. Yeah. Heartbroken um, that they had to sit in the cold and watch that. I, at, least, at least they could have done was you know been like seventy degrees. I know exactly. And 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 they made them. They made the fans shovel the snow. 
yeah. before the game, and then they treated him to that. Yeah. It's it's really unfortunate. It was tough. It was tough. But it was a great weekend for the NFL divisional round. Um, 49ers will advance to the NFC championship game where they will play um, the Detroit Lions. And then the Ravens and the Chiefs will square off um, in a date in the AFC championship game next weekend. So th- those will be pretty great games. Um, coming up next segment, those are the two games that we are going to preview as well. So stick right here. You're listening to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio. Dad, we need to talk. Can we just enjoy the drive? If you're not going to listen to me, who will we listen to? Jeffrey. Ah! Marsha Gay Harden. What? What? Eyes on the road, Dad. What? 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 What are you doing? What? What are you? What are you? What are you doing in my back seat? How did you get in here? You're getting older. Not that old. Your brain's changing. It's natural. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Honey, I've got experience with this. Jeffrey, brain health is all about making the most of your brain as you age and helping to reduce some of the risks to your brain. Really? Now that's interesting. So, you'll talk to her about this, but not me. Marsha Gay Harden? Where did she go? Learn what you can do to help keep your brain healthy at brainhealth.gov. Did she... (laughs) She didn't say goodbye. I mean, I would Visit brainhealth.gov. To episode 16 of Riff Ram Review, right here on 88.7 The Choice. Zion Trammell here with Ian Napishan and Seth Dowdle. We are going to get right into this NFC or NFL championship round uh, this weekend. Four teams left in the NFL. They are the 49ers taking on the Lions and the Ravens versus the Chiefs. So the two one seeds, they've made it, and the two three seeds have made it to this point. The two seeds have both disappointed. Um, What's new? Let's get, <laughs> let's get into it though. Uh, 49ers Lions. This is an exciting, exciting matchup. Uh, San Francisco probably should have been, you know, expected to be here, yep. uh, but Detroit, you know, they've they've surpassed expectations mm-hmm. and, and they've soared to the top here, and yeah. um, it's a really exciting opportunity for for Detroit and Dan Campbell and. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, it's 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 really exciting for the Lions. Um, really, really happy for the Lions. Um, coming into the season, I don't know how anyone could root against them. I think it's just a team with a good culture, a team that obviously has not won um, in 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 way too long. Um, so so to see them turn things around with Dan Campbell there, you know, having a really good draft and. For, for Jared Goff as well to really kind of just rejuvenate himself in Detroit after, you know, after some time with the Rams. I mean, it's 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 really great for the Lions. Curious to see how they get on against the Niners, um, but their defense is looking a bit shaky. I'm not sure how that's going to hold up if the Niners' offense is, uh, is, is clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, not that banks on Debo also yeah, being healthy, exactly. too. exactly. Jared Goff, welcome back to playing the Niners. He <laughs> used to do it a lot when he was on the Rammies. Uh, but Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the Rams. Um, can the Lions stop the Niners? The Packers seem to be able to figure it out, and that was, you know, as we talked about in the previous segment, and as you just alluded to over there, um, Debo Samuel. What's his what's his status going to be? Uh, he seemed to be very quickly ruled out of, yeah. of the game. 
on on Saturday night. Yeah. So you know, be interested to see how that progresses. But I'm this is I mean both these games are very intriguing, very you know must see TV as they say. Uh, but it's I don't know. There's not the analysis that I have is that I can't wait to watch the football games yeah. and see how and see how they play out. Yeah. I am very excited. I don't really. I, I'm not going to say. Well, you know, the Lions' three-four defense is yeah. uh, is is a very poor matchup against Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy against three-four defenses has 75 percent, you know, uh, completion <laughs> percentage, and uh, also a a 170,000 passer rating. That's yeah. not. I don't. I you know. I don't. I'm just here pressing the buttons and playing the music. So yeah. But I will say this: I'm going to pick the Niners to win this game. Yeah, it's it's definitely you can't. There, there's not a whole lot of analytical yeah. stuff that you can look at and say. Oh, this you know there are certain things that can play into you know teams' favors. I think for the 49ers, they could probably attack that secondary a little bit. Of course, you know you look at Aiden Hutchinson and whether he's going to line up against Trent Williams. That could be an interesting matchup. That could really you know, and or did they move him, you know, around? We'll see what they do. Uh, I would imagine that him and Trent Williams will go at it for most of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, they'll probably they're probably going to attack Cam Sutton. But yeah, there's just not a lot you can say is like, oh well, you know, this needs to happen and this needs, you know, it's it's very much it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Yeah. Um, and I will say, you know, whether you believe experience matters or not, the 49ers have been here, the Lions have not. So yeah. that'll be interesting to see. Um, it's just hard because last game for you know the the Buccaneers ran, had a lot of injuries on defense. So they were attacking, you know, their backup corners. They were attacking these linebackers. Uh, Detroit was. You can't do that against San Francisco because they have two of the best linebackers in the NFL and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. You can't get Jameer Gibbs out in space very often because, you know, they can track really well. So that, that is a massive disadvantage for the Lions. I'll ask you this. Here's an angle. Uh, $17 tickets to this game. According to ESPN, in Santa really? Clara, yes, it says tickets as low as seventeen dollars. Is it going to have an absolute downpour? What's I don't going know. On? It, uh, <laughs> but let me let me look at these. Let me look at these seats. Is it seventeen dollars to watch? No, it's, like from no, the outside of no, the stadium. No, it's road row ten, section two thirteen, seventeen dollars. Really? Dang. Well, uh, so I'm. I applaud. I applaud. Make games a little more affordable. Yeah, NFL games are so freaking expensive. Yeah, it's I, have I might no, go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it's that cheap, you just got it. There's just not much to do in that area, you know. But who would have thought that a plane ticket right now to San Francisco to to, to the Bay Area would cost more than a NFC Championship yeah. ticket? Well, here's Seriously. the thing: there's a lot of like affordable tickets. I'm seeing about 50 options of 30 dollars or less for this game. Wow. Yeah. On so, vivid seats, I don't know how much to go watch them. the Lions beat the Niners. Man, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. here's another angle. Um, how much would it mean to the city of Detroit? You know, the basketball team is the worst I've ever seen, and this Lions team has not been here in a long time. If they were, if they could win this game, it would oh, mean a lot. This would be amazing. I might weep. This you know, would this would be a great moment for for the NFL for for sports in general. Um, yeah, this would be awesome. I mean, yeah, it's for, like our little like you know our, our child. Just yeah. the Lions are like everyone's like. It's like the Ninja Turtle meme. Yeah. 
Yeah. With that, with that, you know, they're you're holding Master they're, Shifu's uh, master, hand. Master uh, Shifu. Master Ugwe. Uh, oh, what's Master, master Shifu? No, from? it's Splinter. <laughs> oh, that's oh right, my goodness! That's right. That's right. Oh, master shoot. Ugwe and Shifu are both in Kung Fu Panda. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I've always been well, more of a Kung Fu Panda guy, anyway. Uh, also, another not, just just another one of those movies with animals and uh, Kung Fu fighting stuff. and tr- and turtles and whatever. <laughs> I, master Ugwe, top ten. Uh, movie character uh anyway <laughs> anyway if you, could see, if you could see the face that zion just made it's it very was, debatable it's disgusted but yeah we're rearing our we, you know we've weaned our chill our child off of losing and now he's back to eating you know good vegetables and uh and we're still talking about the lines here right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no. yeah no that'll, that'll be interesting though um sorry did we cut you off is there anything else here no, Chiefs Ravens, um, Baltimore <laughs> yeah. three and a half point favorites. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get into this game, yeah, that'll cost it. you four hundred and seven dollars. Wow. Oh, yikes. Okay. It's well, in um, Baltimore. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah at least it's not going to be freezing. It'll be forty nine degrees. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's, that's that's doable. That's like summer weather for them yeah. for them folks in Kansas City right yeah. now. That that'll do. They'll that'll be like, we just played negative eight. Please, forty nine. We'll take it. That'll play. Yeah. Um, yeah, the it's the quarterback matchup, obviously, yep. where as in the NFC, it's kind of the team overall, Lions and Niners. This one, it's like Lamar versus Mahomes, uh, you know, how that'll play out. Uh, yeah. I, I think the Ravens got a really good shot here. Yes. Um, they are rolling, and, you know, that, that game against the Texans, that was going to be tough to win because they've had so much of a break. Now they're back into, into the rhythm. And, uh, yeah, there, I think this, this is going to be uh, Lamar's year to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I, I, I back that up. I, I hope uh, Ravens take care of business against the Chiefs. I uh, cannot stand the Chiefs. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, you won't be able to see it because it's $407 to, to get into the stadium. So, uh, uh, sort of go fund me. <laughs> For this one game, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is yeah, this is this is the one I'm more excited about though. For yeah, shizzle. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm definitely more excited about this game, um, especially because I'm a Raiders fan. It, it just means more than the NFC game for me. Um, I I'm I I gotta be honest. I'm not a I'm not super crazy about the Ravens. It's not that I love the Ravens. It's just that I really dislike the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just that. I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes I forget the Ravens are a team, even when they're good. Yeah. Like, this year. Like they were awesome in the first seed, and I one time looked at the standings and I said, "Oh, the Ravens! It, oh, how neat!" Yeah, it feels like they kind of just have the same year every year. Yeah, and I that might be such a casual thing to say, and I and but it's just like because you don't follow, I don't follow the Ravens very much, but it just feels like that they just are going to keep having like that ten and seven, yep. eleven and six. Yep. And you know, but this team, they're actually really, really good this year. Yeah, for, for yeah, I I, I kind of feel like the Ravens always, the Ravens, at least in recent history, it feels like they've always done well. And because they've always done well, I haven't paid attention to them for that very reason. Mm-hmm. And but I but I can't remember a time, and this could be com- like completely wrong, but I I just can't remember a time in the last five years when the Ravens were like god awful. They, and that's the thing because they, they yeah. haven't been yeah. really yeah. you know but um the other casual take is like other than Lamar and maybe Mark Andrews there's not a lot of like star or star power Gus Bus man Gus yeah can't forget about him 13 it's, touchdowns this year I, I think in a couple of years Zay Flowers will become a name that more people yes, will know I, I agree with that Dalvin um, Cook oh is boy. on the right yeah <laughs> and I mean their defense like 
even though he's probably the best safety in the league, Kyle Hamilton does not get really talked about. Like, he's yeah. talked about on NFL Twitter, on, like, you know, real ball knowers know how good Kyle Hamilton is. But they just doesn't. he just doesn't get a lot of, like, attention. Um, even, you know, Roquan Smith as well. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. <laughs> this is, uh, someone's like, I can't wait to see Isaiah Pacheco try to run at Roquan Smith because, uh, you know, they're both very aggressive and just over-the-top aggressiveness. They're both very angry individuals. Very angry, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Both hate the ground. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they and they Roquan Smith hates the ground and he by by demoralizing and, and smashing individuals into the ground, and Isaiah Pacheco does high knees every single time he runs. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see how Baltimore game plans for Travis Kelsey because he yep. kind of had a breakout game, five catches, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, if, if anyone can figure that out, it's John Harbaugh. So I'm, I'm yep. curious how they game plan for that. Um, and what did the Ravens do in that situation? But... This this is going to be a really exciting game. You can never count out Mahomes. Um, I'm not, but well, I am. I am counting him out actually because I'm picking Baltimore. But yeah. it's it's going to be a really close game. Uh, I think it's you know probably going to come down to one of the last possessions. Possibly, we'll see. All right. So who are the uh, what what's what's your guys' Super Bowl matchups? I really want it to be Ravens Lions, but I think it'll be Ravens 49ers. Okay. I'm gonna go. Um... Lions Chiefs. Okay, I like that. To, oh, you know, mix it the up. first game of the season. Oh, in it's week like one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like it's like when movies start at the be- at the end of the movie, and then once you get to the end of the movie, you're like, no, that was the beginning of the movie. That's like what this is gonna be, maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. I'm hoping it's Lions Ravens or Lions Chiefs, and the Lions win. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we're, America is. Really, America wants uh, the Lions. Wants the Lions to win, but we're we're very excited. We can't wait yep. to see how Championship Weekend uh, pans out. Uh, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna catch up on what we've missed because it's been a month since we've had an episode. We've missed out on a lot of sports news, so we'll have some quick reactions to that right here on Riff Ram Review on eighty-eight point seven, The Choice. Good morning. Get ready to brighten your day every Wednesday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. It's time for the Radio Girls on KTCU 88.7 FM, your favorite college radio station. Join us as we dive into the world of TCU Horned Frogs, share campus stories, and talk about our favorite girly things. That's right. We've got awesome giveaways and some fabulous tunes to keep you going throughout the morning. So whether you're a devoted horn frog or just looking for some midweek fun, tune in to the Radio Girls. Every Wednesday morning, 8 to 10 a.m., only on KTCU 88.7 FM. Don't miss out on the laughter, story times, and the games. Set your alarm clocks, mark your calendars, and make your Wednesday mornings slay. The Radio Girls, only on KTCU 88.7 FM. Tune in and be a part of the fun. College of Communication here at TCU offers the ever-growing and always-in-demand major of sports broadcasting. Many ask, what exactly is taught in the sports broadcasting major? This popular field of study caters to us students that want to learn the skills to produce live and remote sporting events for both radio and television. 
We acquire the skills to put together sports programming at the professional level, and we then use this new expertise to produce games you can watch on ESPN Plus or listen to right here on KTCU. In addition to the hands-on experience, we also develop analytical skills to discuss and understand the social and cultural roles that sports play in countries around the globe. If you would like more information on a rewarding degree in sports broadcasting here at TCU, please visit ftdm.tcu.edu. bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events some fans seem angry they lack civility toward one another some even get aggressive and unruly time out what is going on this has to stop let's not forget school sports aren't just about winning and they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent they're about teaching lessons like perseverance respect and empathy so students can learn and grow as people not just as players we all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values so fans it's time to step up your game and behave positively at interscholastic athletic events in texas this message presented by the uil and the texas high school athletic directors association Welcome back, everyone, to Rare Frame Review. It's our final segment here on 88.7 KTCU, The Choice. Seth Dowdle, Ian, and Zion with me as well. We just talked about the NFL. We previewed the conference championship games as well as looking back at the divisional round. But now, we missed a lot of time, a month and change over our Christmas break. And a lot of stuff transpired over that time. And we're here to, to, to recap it and wrap it up in very succinct fashion. Gentlemen, are you ready for this? We are going to, I'm going to give y'all, uh, we're going to take turns. Uh, we're just going to do a round table. Okay. So I'm going to ask Ian. Ian, you're going to ask Zion. Zion, okay. you're going to ask me. Okay. Uh, and you're going to, or, or not ask, but give me, a, yeah. give us well, a, a yeah, piece, give our... give a piece of sports news. And we have to formulate a one to two sentence Reaction. Very, very quick. Very quick. Very quick. Yeah. So, are we ready? This is not Let's, a game. We are ready. This is just, you know, just a yeah. fun little exercise. Yeah. Here we go. I Ian? like exercises. Yes. You know, get us fit and ready to go. Yes. Let's, all right. Ian, are you ready for the first one? Yeah. All right. Ian, did you hear that Nick Saban retired? I did. I did. Oh, just one <laughs> sentence, right? Yeah. Okay. I did, comma. Um, very interesting. Um... Tough for Alabama. Curious to see where they go now. Curious to see what Nick Saban does. I think he might go into broadcasting. I think he'd be awesome in broadcasting. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, he's a legend, and it's you know it's a college football will miss him. Uh, but I kind of had a feeling he might retire. Yeah. And we uh, talked about it on the show. Yeah, bro, bro's I, done. I know this is this is breaking the little bro a little bit, but I saw a tweet that night that said this, and I don't know if y'all will find this as funny as I did. The tweet said, "Is this what Dumbled? Is this what Hogwarts felt like when they lost Dumbledore?" <laughs> you know how many people ended up going to different schools outside of Hogwarts right after that? Yeah, so many people dropped their commitments. Yeah, yeah. a lot of transferring. You know, it's, it's a shame. 
Yeah. Man, if, if I was a five-star recruit in... Uh, to Hogwarts? In, yeah, to Hogwarts for, for playing uh, that, that game. Quidditch. Yeah, Quidditch. Hog- I would have lost my mind if Dumbledore left. Yeah, I mean, Hogwarts <laughs> did kind of go into shambles a little bit. You know, Harry Potter had to get people together to take down Voldemort. Yeah. Um, it's it You know, it was definitely a game changer. Yeah. Um, shout out to Snape for... <laughs> You know, shout out Snape. Severus Snape. You know, just had to be the one. You know, whatever. Oh All right, we'll God. continue. We've already derailed ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Which one did you say? You tell us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we just didn't save in my bad. Um. All right. Up next, Bill Belichick and the Patriots part ways, and Pete Carroll and the Seahawks parting ways to an interesting degree. What are your guys' thoughts? Again, I expected that to happen with Bill Belichick. A little surprised about Pete Carroll. Uh, again, both legends. It's just crazy how much the coaching at, uh, environment, or not environment, coaching. Uh, carousel. Carousel is mm-hmm. just really, I mean, this is truly one of the best coaching free agent classes, I guess, if you will put, that we've mm-hmm. seen in a long time. It's a very old class. Um, yeah, it is very <laughs> old. Uh, but it's it's was necessary, I think, for both franchises to move forward. Um, especially for New England. Um, and, you know, best of luck to them moving forward. Bill Belichick to Atlanta, question mark, maybe? Yeah. I guess we'll, I guess, I don't even know how we're going to continue with these two team players. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how we're going to continue with these two coaches not coaching these teams. That is my reaction. Yeah. All right, Seth. Uh, so Nick Saban retired, so Alabama had to find a coach. They get probably one of the best options that they could have possibly gotten. They get Kalen DeBoer from Washington to Alabama. Your thoughts? Uh, offense is going to be pretty exciting. Looking forward to how the quarterback play improves for either Jalen Milrow or somebody else. Can he recruit at the SEC level? That's the question. Good move for Alabama. I feel really bad for Washington, but that's the nature of the beast. Um, yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah, Kalen thumbs DeBoer up. has only, has is like a hundred and eleven and nine as a head, as a collegiate head coach. Yeah, all, spanning all the way from NAIA to you know yeah. Washington. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good hire. All right, I'm not going to ask Ian this one because this is yeah yeah. 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 Hey Ian, I don't know if you heard this, but the Raiders hired AP. Now, I don't know if this is Antonio Pierce <laughs> or Adrian Peterson. So you tell me. So Antonio Pierce, interesting <laughs> hire. I'm okay with it as long as we did our due diligence and looked outside first. Um, we have made a lot of hire, hires based off of vibes, um, as we have talked about off air. Um, I'm 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 happy with it for the for the sake that Antonio Pierce embodies what it means to be a Raider, but by no means should he touch the offensive play calling book next next year. We need to make sure Patrick Graham stays, and we need to make sure that we get a capable more than capable offensive coordinator next year because uh the offense this year was way too predictable but very happy happy so that's that's all we're looking yeah. for is happy yeah. Yeah. yeah i like the move i have no thoughts yeah I don't know. all right i'm sorry i have to ask this one cowboys sinking it up in the playoffs to the packers seth i'll let you go first shocker i for one was not feeling it that day is what i've written down <laughs> Yeah, it sucks. Uh, but, you know, we move forward. Yep. You know, if they never win a Super Bowl in my lifetime, that's fine. I'll just, you know, go to bed every night knowing that there are other teams having more fun than me. Yep. Yeah. You know, we, uh, 
I, I have more than one sentence to say. Uh, this won't be a huge <laughs> rant because it's, again, it's not shocking. It's just a pathetic time to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, you know how, like, people say, well, hey, at least I'm not a Lions fan. Well, the Lions in a one playoff run have made it further than the Dallas Cowboys have in 30 years. Um, I am 22 years old, and my team has not sniffed uh, the NFC Championship game. But, you know, hey, we'll just run it back with the same squad and, and same coaching staff next year. That's just absolutely laughable. Um, yeah, not a shocker. Um, and, you know, it's it's they for being the most valuable franchise in all of sports, they are the laughing stock in DFW right now, and they are so pathetic. Um, I I just I cannot believe they keep doing it over and over again, underperforming in the playoffs. Yeah, all the other three teams in this area have decided that you know changes were had to be made, and maybe they could make a run. The Rangers brought in some you know culture mind a culture minded GM and a very good manager in one world series the stars have been consistently good it feels like for the past five or so years and then uh, the mavs won a, a while back but yeah, uh, yeah it's it's crazy it, it's you shouldn't be this like i just did not care that they lost i was like wow this is i mean it's just i was like dang like really like Wow, it's yeah. that's all you could really say. Is, very, wow. very jaded people over here. Yeah, um, I whatever they, yeah, they we're suck. Mo- we're gonna move on. Yeah, Zion, your turn. Zion. Okay. Uh, so I guess we kind of already covered them yeah, skip, keeping yeah, Mike yeah. McCarthy and Dan Quinn. Yeah, skip that one. Uh, Seth, what were your thoughts on the college football playoff semifinals on New Year's Day? I thought that. Washington, Texas had one of the more wackier endings of all time, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Michael Penix is uh, my guy, and, uh, you know, it was a very good game. And then Alabama-Michigan was not as good of a game as some people are saying it was. It was only good for about half of the fourth quarter in overtime, but (laughs) it was a lot of fun. What was that play called, Jalen Milrow? What are we doing? He just, you know, quick QB draw right up the gut. After what consecutive timeouts from either team? Yeah, <laughs> yeah a that, review. That's what they cooked up. Nick Saban was like, "I'm retiring." I'm. He he said he's gonna retire before the game started, yeah. and he's like, "I need to. We need to lose." He this was, game. Have you all seen that Jennifer Lawrence meme where it was where she was like at yeah. the Golden Globes? Oh, she said, yeah. "If I don't win, I'm leaving." That's yeah. literally what he said. Yep. Yep. And they lost. And uh, Rose Bowl though, great venue for college football. Yeah. I loved it. that was that was a really cool atmosphere to watch on TV. Tons of awesome pictures from that too. Some of those aerial shots when yes. when that crazy military plane was flying over. Yes, we need more the... specialty rose helmets. Yes, yeah. the Rose Bowl continues to be, in my opinion, the best venue for college football. Yeah, I love the TCU Rose Bowl one. Yeah. That was cool logo. Yeah. All right, Ian, Michigan won against Bama, so then they had to play Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they beat Washington, Ian? Yes, they did. They did beat Washington. No, it was it was a really um, it was it was a game with a lot more buildup than than how it really delivered. Um, obviously, it was more competitive than last year. But um, you know, I mean, I'm I'm as as much as you know, TC fans are supposed to hate Michigan. I mean, credit to Michigan, credit to to JJ McCarthy um, and uh, John Harbaugh. 
Um, I, I met some good folks from Michigan last year when we were at the CFP, so happy for them that they got to see their team win it all. And it also means that TCU is the only team to, to, to give uh, J.J. McCarthy his one college loss. So They did yeah. bring that up a lot, and yeah. I appreciate it every yep. single I did. time. Every time they got mentioned TCU, I got I like, yeah. I, I said a little go frogs. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, bad. It's uh, It just felt like Michigan's year. They dominated all season long, and they got it done. It's very rare for a quarterback to make a promise and then actually deliver on it. Yep. So uh, congrats to them. Yep. All right, next up. Kansas State wins the Pop-Tarts Bowl, <laughs> and Boston College beats SMU in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Thoughts, Ian? Thoughts. <laughs> uh, lol, SMU. Would you rather eat Pop-Tarts or Wasabi? <laughs> Pop-Tarts. My uh, thought on this is that the Wasabi Fenway Bowl is a lie, and the Wasabi is not actually Wasabi. It's, a, it's like a cloud software company, <laughs> and it makes me very mad. But LOL, SMU. LOL, the Pop-Tart being edible. Yeah. The and, mascot. Yeah. LOL to that. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Wait, whose turn is it? You're ask, You're telling me now. Okay. <laughs> uh, how about them eagles, Seth? How about them eagles? This was therapy, and that's my <laughs> sentence. It was therapy. Yep. Uh, they're also pathetic, and they sent Jason Kelsey into retirement, so... He seemed pretty happy, though. Yeah, he was very yeah, happy. Man. He, he had would, a cheese beanie on, yeah, no shirt on. I didn't want to play for that team anyway, so, yeah. Suck it, Eagles. Yeah, it was therapy. Yeah. It was needed therapy. Ian, Josh Hader to the Astros. Yeah, I mean. A lot of money. Yeah, no, definitely a lot of money. Um, good move for the Astros. Doesn't really affect the ace. I mean, <laughs> shoot, man. You have josh Hader on the hill or you put jose altuvia against us we're swinging at everything yeah so uh it's a it, lot of money for josh Hader. it is yeah. and so that's why i'm like okay well they're they're pushing all their chips into the table because they know their window is closing so that's my take on it it's, it's a bit desperate their bullpen was already really solid with abreu and presley um and yeah that it definitely helps to get a guy like josh Hader, but it won't really matter when the dolly scarcia and Corey seager are going to be hitting bombs off you in, in october so. he had a homer in the sixth inning it doesn't matter if they're pitching the seventh eighth or ninth yeah all right one more chris here. sale yeah to the braves very interesting Curious to hear what you guys think. A very like low risk, high return trade yes. for Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Vaughn Grissom, who was supposed to be the future at shortstop last year, yeah. and then now he's gone. Yeah. yeah. Atlanta's front office continues to blow me away. And yeah, that's a low risk, but yeah, it could be a high reward. And they are just, they're, they cook over there in Atlanta. They, they know what to do. They, they do be cooking. And yeah. uh, I wish that. Every GM was as smart as uh, theirs. And Chris Young. <laughs> and Chris Young, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, episode 16 of Riff Ram Review. Thank you so much for tuning in um, to our first episode of 2024. We're really excited to be back. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And just to make sure, we are now on Mondays from 6 to 8 p.m. right here on 88.7 The Choice. That's switching from Wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. to Mondays 6 to 8 p.m. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Rear Frame Review and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page at Rear Frame Review and we'll be right here next week right here on 88.7 FM The Choice. (laughs) 